Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. All things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who's called according to his purpose. God has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom, my friends. That season may not be the thing that you wanted necessarily, but God needs you to learn something. God has given her an ability to help people change the narrative of their life. If you do not genuinely believe in prayer, then there's no point in doing it. Hindsight with God, you understand, but yeah, in the middle of stuff, you just gotta hang on and trust Him. We're not supposed to do for God, we're supposed to be for God. The doing is a side effect. God is able to bless you abundantly. If He can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, so more can He do for you. My family and my husband and I sat in the store before we opened and we just prayed over the store and that we would unapologetically show the love of Christ. It's all going to work together for your good. If you love God, you just continue to stay humble, seek God, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's Word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast His love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And today we are going to change it up. One of my dear friends, Catherine Daniel, is going to interview me in our studio that's in our backyard, and she's going to ask me how this podcast started and what it's all about. So I hope you all enjoy, and this conversation draws you closer to Christ. When did you begin this broadcast? Oh, so it started January 2020 before the pandemic, which is crazy, right? Thank God, right? Because it was right on time. You already had it going. Yes. I mean, it was crazy. It exploded right after it started. I mean, it was slow going in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but then everybody got bored and it was like, oh, well, my friend Ricky. And it was like all people from Pensacola and Sebring, Florida and like Placid, which is where I'm from. And we're, you're from that area, not central, central Florida, but north central. And they were downloading and my friends were supporting me and then sharing it with their friends. And it kind of exploded in the beginning. Okay. Now, leading up to January 2020, how long had you, you know, what gave you the idea? When did God speak to you? Tell me about the, the genesis of it. Okay. That's so awesome that you just used the word Genesis because I just started reading in Genesis yesterday. Oh, really? Are you doing like a straight through yes. thing? Oh, that's great. With Dr. Tony Evans, the Bible, like he did a commentary on it. And it was like in the beginning, like God did it all. Like he started it all. It's just and like made us. It's just the most beautiful love story. Um, but in the beginning of starting this ministry, I had wanted to get back into broadcasting. And it was really something that I wrestled with God on because 
since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be famous. I wanted to have a huge following and I wanted people to admire me and all this stuff. And so when I got out of broadcasting, it was kind of like a surrender to God of like, this is my idol. I loved it so much. I thought I looked good on camera and I enjoyed it, but I'm going to give this to you because that's not what's right for us next. Um, and, you know, Riley and I were married and didn't have kids, but we wanted them and we wanted to move back to Pensacola and just all the things. But what really started this was thoughts swirling in my mind of how do I start broadcasting again? And then just really praying about it. We ended up changing churches and the pastor said there, look, I feel like I'm called here to encourage you to do what you've been made to do. And like my, my wind, the wind was taken out of my sails. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing what I've been called to do. I, I know I'm called to be a broadcaster. Like I know I'm supposed to tell someone that they're loved by Jesus and somebody needs to hear it. <laughs> like, someone, I don't care if it's audio or video, like someone needs to know they're loved by Jesus. And God has called me to tell them that. And I just knew he was talking to me and I was just journaling. I had my, my uh, Bible and I had my notebook and I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? What does this look like? Like, please give me a vision, Lord. Like, I just need to hear from you because I feel like I'm so like, I am a wasted soul. I just felt so wasted. And Riley was like, and this is like weeks later. I mean, nothing was instant. Nothing was like overnight. Like, we're going to start a podcast. He said, why don't you start a podcast? And he's always known that I've had it on my heart to broadcast his love from high school. And that's a whole other story. But I just knew it was imprinted on my heart to do something with broadcasting. And I really do not like video. Like, I just don't. I mean, you and I both started in radio mm -hmm. um, at UF and just... Like the fact that I can hear your voice right now in my headphones and just the beauty of the audio recording is so raw to me because I think the person listening is like having this image in their head and they're thinking, what does it look like and what story are they going to tell next? And they paint the picture in their head of where the story is going and really what God is showing them. That's why I love this podcast platform. It's yeah. the most intimate medium. Radio it's, is. They told us that. Forrest, our, yes. our uh, shared mentor. Yes. What, 20 years apart? Yes. He still looks good. Yeah. He looks, he, I know. he looks great. He's a bodybuilder. He wasn't when I met him. So oh, he wasn't? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. When he started that journey, I was like, what is happening? See, um, that's what happens in radio. You start off, you're like so relaxed and... <laughs> You're having like 10 cups of coffee and it, somebody's bringing a box of bagels by and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I gotta, I cannot live this life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but radio is so intimate. You're in your car talking with yeah. someone. Um, it, it's just the best. This is radio, the modern reinvention of it. Yeah. I love radio still too. Yeah. I listen constantly. But okay, so want to back up just a little bit to your leaving broadcast because yeah. it had to be hard for you because I don't know if anybody listening to this knew you then but you were really really good at it you're so sweet well you know it's true this isn't uh, like a vanity thing you. you were really good at it thank you and um it had to have been hard to walk away from that it was really hard um you and Jared Willits were like my two people that I knew in the back of my mind not that y'all were my parents because I had, well, my dad passed away, but I had great supportive parents, but you two were always just like, y'all saw something in me in broadcasting 
that I just didn't have the confidence for. Because you were getting more jobs and, and better offers and you could have climbed. Not really. Not you, really. You were on your way. You were paying your dues and you had done some of that. But yes. you, and I always said this to you, you are today's show material. Oh, thank And I don't you. say that lightly to anybody. After thank 30 you, years Katie. in the business, I could have said that to about five people. Oh. Well, Seriously, that means a so. Lot. Thank so, you. how did you? How did you have? Because you know, we've all had God whisper to us, "This ain't right." It's not right, and yeah. then you stick with it for another decade. Exactly. How did you have the confidence to listen to that voice from God and yourself, mm-hmm. and know you had to leave something you were really good at, you were making money at, and you had a lot of potential in this way? I just felt so stuck. Okay, I was stuck in a contract that I should not have signed. I ran away. I literally, I'm not a seven on the Enneagram, but everyone says that when someone who's a seven, an enthusiast, like has pressure, they flee. Like they just like abort mission. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like gone. Well, things weren't going good in contract negotiations here in Pensacola for the contract I had with Channel 3, which is our local, it's the one and only news station. Um, And it was not going well. And I said, I don't know what else to do but get out of here. Do you think God was closing doors looking back? He does do that. (laughs) I think he was. If you if you won't do it yourself, sometimes he'll bang them shut. He and he was so good to me because he gave my husband a job where he could move states. Like he has a territory and he still does. But he was able to move to where we went to. And it really wasn't a big deal. I mean, we just had to change, you know, our licenses and all that stuff. And it really was not a big deal for his job. So God was so gracious to me to let us move for me to fall really into his will. Like, it sounds weird, but like, I had to be crushed to be built up again. So you, it wasn't just situational. You thought, oh, if I get out of here, it's going to be better. But really, God was moving you so you could see, this is not the industry, no matter where I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not going to get better. Yeah, it's not going to get better. Because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. There were just so many signs that it was like, I am not supposed to be here. The good thing about it, though, and like, I truly believe that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes, Like, I loved God when we were here in Pensacola, and I got to meet some of the most amazing people, like people who you just love and adore, and they had very very powerful leadership positions. And I got to love them for who they were because I saw them behind camera. I mean, you want to know someone, you put a mic in their face and stick a camera in their face, and they get raw real quick. Like, you know what's on their heart because they're going to share it. Kind of like in this situation. That's why I like to have my friends on the podcast because I'm like, y'all would be saved too if you knew my friends. You know, like they loved, <laughs> like you, like love the Lord. You know, it's just so rich. But um, I keep like going away well, from what you're say. saying. Okay, I'm so sorry. you left um, Pensacola <laughs> in broadcasting. And for those who don't know, she was a reporter, yes. an anchor, and yes. you were starting to do some weather. Oh my gosh, I loved weather. I you mean, were like you, a triple th- threat. Oh my goodness. I didn't do a lot of it, but I loved it. I you did a good like, job with it. So, Thank you. So it didn't work here. God shut work. the door here. Yes. Um, and then you went to 
Columbus, Columbus Georgia. Georgia. And yeah. that was not a good fit either. Oh my goodness. Like I had warning signs that it was not going to be a good fit. And I didn't listen to it. I had clear warning signs, multiple people saying that this was not going to be a good idea. Um, even family and friends and but they didn't know my dream. They didn't know what God had put on my heart to broadcast. They didn't know that I was going to be on the Today Show. I mean, that was just my thing. But even as I say that, it's like, wow, like in Christianity, we're called to die to ourselves, pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Like in that conversation, I probably said I, um, you know, three or four times. Now I've learned anytime I start saying I, I, and like the thoughts start rolling, I am, I'm doing what the enemy wants. So how did you kill your ego? How? You were young, no children, a supportive yeah. husband. Y'all could have gone anywhere. Yeah, we could have. Yeah. But you knew it wasn't right. Yeah. You were broadcasting, but not broadcasting his love. Right. And you knew you, this is what you needed to do. Yeah. How did you kill your ego? Cause that's the problem with almost every one of us. Yeah. I, um, I realized that I was actually free and I wasn't in prison to my calling. And this is going to sound so funny because it sounds so, it sounds so much like a millennial. If anyone's listening to this and you're not a millennial, you're older, you're going to be like, roll your eyes at this. But my husband and I booked a trip to Europe. That is what we did. We booked a trip to Europe. <laughs> Good for you. I love millennials. People complain about them. I'm a Gen, Gen Xer. Okay. Okay. And okay. so, but, and everyone's like, oh, those millennials. Blah, blah, blah. I love, I love y'all. You won't take garbage. Yeah. You know, that you don't deserve or have earned. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if you need to, yeah. what I'm saying, but I saw y'all set boundaries. Right. We were afraid to set. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and take chances. I don't know if it's because y'all were the first, you know, we were the latchkey kids, but y'all had more parental. I don't know. But I love I millennials. I hate it when people talk down about them. I think they're yeah. brave. You're so good about supporting that next generation, but. And I will say, like, I have another friend who's like, and I'm I'm just learning this, like, your children are the next generation, and that is like a mother's heart. Like, you just so, like, waterfall love this next generation so much, and like, that's a generation that is really speaking to this next generation, you know, like your parenting, you're, you've, you've given me so much like parenting encouragement. But like, when I hear that, it's just so fruitful for the next generation to hear that. You and know? now you are going to love on the gym wires because people yes. are not happy with them because if they don't like a job, they will quit it. Yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> I know. I've been I'm, there, done that. My mom and dad, they're like, oh, nobody else took anything. And I'm like, why well, stick to stuff? That destroys you. Yeah. I'm I not did. Gonna, yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of people do that for many, many years. Yes. So yes. I think y'all are brave. Okay. So y'all booked a trip to Europe. <laughs> we booked a trip to Europe. Well, and, and this is while you still had your job in Columbus. Yeah. And did y'all ever go to Europe? Yes. We, I spent the rest of my two weeks vacation and. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I needed a clear head. Um, cause it was about to be, I was tearing down an idol and. How did you do that? How, um, I mean, God literally crushed me every day I walked into the newsroom. Every day that, um, I mean, it would just be little things that would just be reminders of like, you're the one who forced yourself to do this. And and there were, we're not ever going to name names, but there were some very unpleasant experiences. It was 
terrible. Like people who were trying to wound your spirit. Yes. yes. And absolutely never share names or anything like that. But it was one of those things that everyone knew, but no one did nothing. Right. I talked about it. People said it is what it is. And don't you hate that expression? It, yeah, it it was. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things that I have to humble myself about that experience daily because it wasn't okay, and it's one of those things that nobody will ever talk about ever. Like it will probably be the end. Like I will probably die, and no one will know what hap- what truly what the experience was like. But the industry will keep going, and these stories. We'll still go on the news at night. I think it's getting better, though. I see it with the millennials and the wires. Yeah. And they Or the Zers. Who are we? <laughs> Where are we in now? I, I love every one of them, though. But I, I know mean, the, these kids yes. in their 20s, I say kids, and I just say that with, with not any disrespect, but these <laughs> young folks yes. in their 20s, they won't take the BS. Yeah, no. And, and I'm it's proud ha- of them. And they're having to change. Yeah. You know, and, and there's great parts of the industry, bad parts, just like anything, but yeah. they're not accepting. They talk to each other about their salaries. I know. They're unionizing. They I don't won't even do know that. it. I will not do We're, that. You're still too much of an a older millennial. Yes. You're like, no, we don't talk about money. We don't. Well, so here's the because, thing. But if you yeah. don't talk about money, they have all the power. Okay. Okay. You came True. back from Europe. Well, yeah, and there's a whole thing about salary that I'm learning and God's crushing me on. So when I say that, like, take it with a grain of salt because okay. God is, like, teaching me that um, it is healthy to have s- safe conversations with, like, a small group of people about your finances. So that's, like, the current season. But anyway, so what were you saying? Sorry. Well, one thing about that is one thing – I was looking for silver linings, but yes. in, like, 2008 when the economy crashed, yes, I noticed a difference even in the newsroom – um, you know, you don't, uh, most people don't get paid a lot in broadcasting, but we would always go out to lunch all the time. And for the yeah. first time, people felt safe to be like, y'all, I'm broke. I can't, I don't, I, I don't have it today. This. But before 2008, you would never have said right. that. And then the young folks are just so much more honest. I'm broke. I've got student loans. I've got this. You would right. never have said that in the nineties, early two thousands. Yep. So I think people are being more honest about it. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And I really don't know how people do it single. I really don't. No. Yeah. I mean, I was married when I was a journalist, but I remember thinking that God had blessed me by getting married because I get to do what I felt like God had called me to do. Right. Um, So you, okay. So y'all came back from Europe and you knew it was time to leave. Yeah. I mean, I just had a piece about it that I wasn't a slave to my calling and I could be free and I could live like a purpose driven life. And it didn't have to be doing this job that paid terribly that I did not sleep at night. I mean, we were up at one thirty, getting ready, mm-hmm. um, writing scripts. I mean, just all kinds of health issues that came up. My vision got worse. Like, um, what was the question? And your mental health, really? <laughs> are you are you comfortable talking about that? Yes. Oh my goodness! It so took a dive. It took a huge dive because I thought my worth was in my job and how you looked on air. How I looked on air, and I never had. I, I bring this up because a lot of people talk about this with TV. I never had an eating issue. <laughs> like, I was always very healthy. But I um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. My body didn't react well to, like, the time of day that I was up because I wanted to eat normal. It just did. 
basically it wasn't good for me. You were putting yourself, it was your <laughs> calling, not God's calling. Exactly. So yes. you came back to Pensacola without a job. Without a job. No, no, no. I had a job. Okay. So um, when, when we bought the tickets, we were like, and this was six months in advance. Like we knew we were going to go to Europe. Um, I started reaching out to friends in Pensacola just to see what my options were because I I just had been so hurt by this experience, not by any specific person in Columbus, but really what I was doing to myself and to my family by being up there. But um, reached out to close friends and I just thought to myself, if I could leave news, I just want to work at a beach bar. I just want to work at a beach bar. No pressure. No pressure. And like I'm from a small town and watering holes are a place where you go and gather. And like when I say watering holes, I'm talking about a bar. Yeah, like a pub. (laughs) The Wild Turkey Tavern is like a staple for us. I mean, that's where we went after graduations. And and it's anyway. Let's be clear. You're not a Baptist. (laughs) I'm not a Baptist. I grew up Baptist and my family's like hardcore Baptist. I think I'm, I think what I'm, what you call a recovering Baptist. Yeah, 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 I don't, yeah. I don't drink for um, health reasons. And my father was a, you know, a raging alcoholic for most of my life, but yeah. um, you're not a Baptist. Cause I don't want Baptists to hear that and be like, Oh, she's not a Christian. Oh, she's not a Christian. Because yeah. you can have a drink. You can, yeah. you just can't get weird. One of yeah. my friends told me that she's like a philosopher. <laughs> she has this like huge title about understanding the Bible. And, and I was, and I asked her because, you know, I mean, it's, like what how how much can you have as a christian but do be clear some people are convicted <laughs> yes true that they yes, they cannot that they don't that they do not need to drink they don't want to drink Amen. it is not uh, it is not further god's kingdom for them yes so Truth. i that's a tricky thing it is. um i don't know how i would navigate it if i didn't have i take a drink i see a drink i get a migraine yeah and sometimes i think it's god's way of protecting me i think so too very much so mm-hmm. from being, you know, having a problem because it's all in my family. Yes. And yeah. so I've just decided when I was like 25, I, I cannot do this. Exactly. Yeah. And I have friends who have said that. And I'm like, did God get you to that place? I know I'm asking you a question right yeah, now. Yeah, he I'm, did. I think really? so. I think so. I think it was, you know, we'd have drink here or there and it just got to where a blinding migraine is not worth it. Yeah. Especially at our hours that we were working. Yeah. Okay. So... You said, I just want to work at a beach bar. And God said, yeah. okay. Okay. He said, okay. Okay. He really did. Um, and he provided, and I got to work at the world famous Floribama. And the beach bar of beach bars. Yeah. It was like, I have goosebumps thinking about it. People who know me know I love that place. There's mm-hmm. just something special about it. There's the songwriters festival that happens every year in November. This is going to come out around that time. And you love music. I love, love it. It's a community. It was a really good fit for you. I love bartenders. Like, I mm-hmm. love how they're the salt of the earth. I love how they are open about their struggles. And there was one of them who passed away. And it was like, everybody, like the outpouring of their heart, they wore their like emotions on their sleeves. And that's how I want to be in everyday life. I just want to be like, like we called each other our family. Mm-hmm. And I learned from that experience that it doesn't matter your position, you can broadcast God's love from behind a bar, from behind a bar. Like you can be behind the bar. I mean, somebody may really need you. I mean, they need God is what it is, but like speaking through them. Now, do you, have you had pushback from family? Yes. Other evangelistic types. Always. And you do. So how do you, how do you, um, handle that? 
how I just give it to God because now I mean this is like we're going on three years of this and it just is one of those things like if you're going to step up and do ministry you're going to get pushed back okay and that's just part of it and I had to learn that in the beginning the blessing of it is that I learned it from Christine Kane and I was listening to her messages and she like she's one of those people you want to get on the treadmill and listen to her (laughs) talk because you're like yes lord like you would be like screaming and waving your hands everywhere if you were anywhere else um but she was just like you guys when i started ministry my mom was like what are you doing like what are you doing you know not saying that my mom has said that but i have had pushback from family and i have also had great encouragement from family too is it because you were working at a bar for a bar company Oh, I'm talking about doing the podcast. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was I no. said, have oh, you goodness. had pushback? Yeah. Because and, and that's one thing I've always admired about you is y'all don't hide that you will uh-uh. you meet your friends at a bar. I know we and, and and to be clear, I've <laughs> never seen Ricky drunk in my life. I mean, I don't think you <laughs> over drink or yeah. over imbibe or anything like that, but it is I think it's where you reach people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For I mean, you. Yeah. We, Riley and I love date nights and we try to go as often as we can. If we can afford it and it's in the budget, we're going to plan a date night. We're going to go out. We're going to have happy hour. Like we're going to go enjoy our friends and yeah. and talk about real stuff. And that's just where we're at. I mean, we're going out with people who are also in the same boat as us though of like, Life is really hard and, you know, we have kids and usually the people we go out with have kids and we have hard conversations and it's such a, I don't know. It's just going out isn't what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's for not sure. what it used to be. But I, and I don't want to, to belabor on that, but I'm going to know yeah. people listening to a Christian podcast and I can think of about 40 people in my mind going, well, she is not a good grit. <laughs> and that's know. fine. Like I know right. what I signed up for. Yes. I really did. And I get pushback. I get people who I thought were my friends that mm-hmm. confront me about things. And it's like, is that from God's word? You know? Yeah, because his first miracle was what? Water and wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That was the first thing yeah. he did. And his mom told him to do it. So, you know, yeah. and that's a whole nother um, rabbit hole we yeah. can go through on. But, okay, so you went yeah. to the Floribama. You were very yes. happy there. I loved it so much and I didn't want to leave. I, even when I, I left twice, but I didn't want to leave twice. Like the first time I left, I was pregnant and I was so nervous about working at a beach bar and being pregnant and driving 45 minutes out. And I'm like, oh, this is just not going to work. And I ended up finding another position, which I won't go into detail on it, but it just didn't work out. It just, there were just so many things about it where it was God just like, giving me nudges and I had support to be able to leave. So then the Floribama was so gracious and they let me come back to work there. It's amazing. I know <laughs> you have so many, you have so many guts and then, but you can also, you're also so humble that you went back and said, Hey, that didn't work out. Oh, yeah. I failed. No, you didn't fail. I think you, <laughs> I chased the it may, job. It, yeah. I don't think so. I know really? more about this and I think the job chased you. Okay. And you're like, okay, I'll give it a try. But yeah. when it didn't work out, you've never been afraid to say next. I know. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny. Somebody at the Floribama called me the prodigal child. Yeah. Because like I ran off and came back. And they let and you like, come yeah, back. Yeah. And a lot of places wouldn't. I know. But the bar family <laughs> let you come back. But let me tell you, like, we are called to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everyone's perfect, but the people there are broadcasting his love. Yes. And like they mess up, but they're like, you know what? Like God, I surrender. They are bringing it to God. Like there are, 
I've had so many small group experiences. There was one day when we were in the gift shop and it was like a couple management people and like a couple women who work in the gift shop and someone was struggling with their child and everyone was pouring into them like, oh, I had a child that age. Let me help you with this. Oh, and then, you know, this you need to look out for and advice and like grandmothers and pouring out the knowledge that God had given them through their different seasons of life just to support that other person. It's just like no shame in that. There's no guilt in that. There's just so much freedom in that community there. And that was really my push to like know that this podcast needed to be told because I felt at peace with God when I was with people who were like wholeheartedly real, Mm -hmm. you know? They weren't trying to look good on camera. No. Sound good on camera. Mm-hmm. They had seen some stuff. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they weren't afraid to let you know. And You know? You definitely see stuff at the floor, Bama. But, but it's like, you know, <laughs> I've always wondered if God came back to earth today, Jesus came back. Yeah. He would not be, you know, in the upper echelons. He never was. Yeah. He was always. Exactly. You know? I feel the same way. With the people. Yeah. And so he, you found yourself with the people exactly and i don't want to use they call themselves beach bums yeah yeah you know exactly i, I know that sounds like a really <laughs> it's a culture it yeah. is like if you go the to florabama look it up yeah it's like a family it's world famous oh yeah they it's have been like there 400 forever. employees it's yeah. pretty much the disney of I, w- I mean and people come from all over my- to go there and and they <laughs> yes. they have church services there they do have church there they have you know it's a community that brought you in and gave you a safe place yeah. so from there how did you got your confidence your sense of community and you were ready to begin your podcast i was ready to start ministry okay from leaving the <laughs> Bama. I love it. This yes. is your story. Yes. You know what? The enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And That's right. let me tell you, if you are listening to this podcast and you don't think you can be used by God because of where you work or what you do, like there is a woman in the Bible named Rahab and she was a prostitute mm-hmm. and she was told to hide these spies and by God, like she was told to hide these spies and she did and it like saved the kingdom i mean it was just like she was a prostitute like no matter what your position is turn to god and in that turning to god we have to surrender we have to drop our idols we have to change and choose jesus and how we choose to change is from god's word period like that's it god's word go to it and then the holy spirit's power is going to live in you once you ask him you know into your heart for jesus to be your savior and he will walk with you he's not going to leave you or forsake you that's my like that's right there is like my heart well all the all the great people in the bible made really big mistakes i mean like david i mean every single one of them yeah yeah, yeah. i mean horrible bad yes Yes, I love that, though. And I love how he uses yeah. all those. Okay, so yeah. you decided to, so I guess in the fall of 2019, yes. you had had the kernel, and you went and bought the equipment and came up with the name. Tell so, us about that. Yeah, the weirdest thing about starting the podcast is that it just kind of started. Um, I had bought equipment when I worked at the Floribama because I was a videographer. So I had that video equipment. I still have that equipment um and just recorded it on my iphone i had a clip like a lavalier if anyone's in video or any kind of audio you know what a lavalier is it just clips to your shirt like if you were to watch somebody on the news you'll see their little mic um but that's what i used 
and I just started recording podcasts. The first podcast, so this is like such a God story. I'm sitting right here where we are right now. I was in a swing that my husband had built and the wind was blowing and I think I was pregnant maybe. No, I was not pregnant or maybe, I don't know, January, 2020. I wrote a script. I recorded a podcast saying that I felt like this is what God had called me to and I was just gonna trust him and I was like gonna be unashamed. Like it's like, okay, I'm, if I'm called to be a broadcaster, I'm going to do this God's way because I've tried it my way and it's not working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he tried it a hundred million ways. Let's just see if this works. Oh. And I recorded out here. The wind was blowing. And I remember like while I'm recording it because I didn't want to edit it a lot. I was like, and while I'm recording, you can hear the wind blowing because I'm just trying to like keep it going. Like, I remember that. And I, I liked it. I'm trying to start. Like You I weren't just trying to, to be perfect. I just, I just wanted to start start because I knew God had called me to it. And I know, Mm -hmm. like I've learned people are going to judge you, period. But God is my judge. And thank God for that, you know, because he is good. (laughs) Yeah. So you started it. Now, did you already have the name? And Yes. Okay. So Broadcast is Love came as a calling on my heart. It's a stamp on my heart. It's like I could have a tattoo of it on my forehead. It, It just is what it is. Broadcast is Love when I was a junior uh, going into my senior year of high school, went to a camp called Big Stuff, which I've reached out to them several times to be like, we've had a podcast, like y'all should come on. No response. I'm like, come on. But it was it's not the right time. It's not the right time. But I've also learned that God brings me guests, like 100% God brings me guests. Um, he has provided. And so I go to this camp, listen to the line up. Francis Chan was there. Andy Stanley was there. Oh my. Louis Giglio, which I just found an audio recording of Louis Giglio's speech that I didn't even know who Louis was until I just listened to this recording a month ago. I'm like, Lord, you are with me and you are rising up leaders that are staying in your word. So it, it just is so good. Like, even if he were to fail, like, I'm surrendered to God, like I'm not Louis Giglio, which is a whole other story that I learned about not following a pastor. Like oh, one, yeah. male or female, you just got to look to God because mm-hmm. people are going to fail you. But anyway, so the lineup was sick. Okay, the band was even awesome. I can't remember their name. Fee, F-E-E was their name, but the the jams, just the old school jams. Oh, I just loved it. And I surrendered to God. I was like worshiping with my hands up. And I just like see pictures now with kids going to church camp over the summer. And they're having that divine experience. And I'm like, God is planting a seed in you. Now, is that when you got saved? The Southern no, Baptist No, I was already saved. <laughs> I knew I got saved. Got yes. Saved. Yes. You I, had already yes. been saved. You already saved. Yes. But this is maybe when you rededicated or... I was renewed. Renewed. That's a better word. And I just didn't know what that was. Um, so I went off to a private room. I just felt the Holy Spirit so powerful, which I didn't know what that was. But there comes a time when you're new to worship and you start crying that you're like weak in your knees. Mm-hmm. And I remember that feeling. Um So I just like went to this room by myself, which is actually the same room that I did a clogging competition in when I was like eight or nine. So it was like God just showing me how much he loves me by just making this so like such a fun old place for me um, to now like rededicate my life to him. And so 
he just told me, Ricky, you're going to broadcast my love for all to see. I wasn't in broadcasting. I wasn't in news. I didn't work in radio. I had nothing to do with broadcasting. And he said, and I have never told anyone this, but my husband. Oh, wow. He said, you were going to talk to, I can't remember exactly how many people it was. I have it in one of my old Bibles. I think it was, I like the number that's coming in my brain is 4,000, but I want to say it was 400. You're going to tell 400 people about me by the end of the school year. And I was like, that's so weird. It's my senior year. That's a lot of people too. <laughs> well, yeah. And it was my graduating class. Like it ended up being my graduating class. So I became, um, how many were president. in your class? There were 300. It ended up whatever that, I think it was 4,000. Whatever that number was, was the exact, was around the amount of people that were in my class and their family. Oh, wow. And so I had no choice in my brain but to go on that stage and tell everybody about the love of Jesus. And this was at your high school graduation? Yes. And my grandmother has never been more proud of me. <laughs> well, I'm sure not. But so he told you at church camp, broadcast my love. And that has been your mantra? Yeah. And it was just so above me. It was so real. Um, nothing that the world could define. I mean, there was no reason why I should have been class president. There was no reason why nobody proofread my script before I read it in front of a class of high school graduates. Like, why didn't they do that? I don't know. They trusted me, I guess. <laughs> you didn't get in trouble for it later, did you? No. I mean, okay. everybody was, not everybody, but I mean, pe some people may have been upset, but that's the Holy Spirit, like, like trying to get your attention. But most of the people that I spoke with were humbled by it. Mm -hmm. And just to think, you know, the basis of the um, the speech was Miley Cyrus's story about it's the climb. I mean, Miley's changed a lot. Like, you came in like a wrecking ball was after I graduated. Yeah, but I think <laughs> deep down, Miley's, Miley's yeah. got a good heart. <laughs> yeah, she's, you know, and, and, and definitely has Not used a role her. Well, you know, maybe at different <laughs> seasons of her life, there you, you go. know, Amen. and who knows? God I mean, can do anything. She see, they, you know, it's so funny because, you know, we see, I see video or pictures of them and they're all at church together. I think there's a really? lot of love in that family. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. But see, yeah. there you go. Like I'm judging. And that's what this podcast has done for me is it's like consistently crushed me consistently. Like right when I'm like, oh, dagger. Oh, but also this, like mm -hmm. you need to shave this off, like clean this out in me, God. So yeah, that It's the Climb was the basis of the script. Well, that's still a beautiful song and story. So, I mean, look, Dolly Parton's her godmother. So, you know, <laughs> she's got it. They got, got it. it. They're all together. Okay, so <laughs> you so when broadcast your love, yeah. broadcast his love was put yeah. on your heart for a while. You just heard the broadcast part and then. No, you, no, it was literally you're going to broadcast my love for all to see. Okay, so you knew that then. I wrote it down. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, and nobody took the website. Nobody took the Instagram handles. Wow. Yeah. That was like the craziest thing to me is like God protected it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. And then, you know, like we're always so surprised. Why are we surprised when God does something like that? You're like, can you believe God did that? Yeah. yeah. He's with you. He is. And you're yeah. like, why did I even think that? You know, but it. I guess because we're humans mm -hmm. and our um, understanding is human. So yeah. we're like, well, of course he protected it because he had your name on it. Yeah. And he used people so much. Like there is just so much emphasis on the people that he used to make it start. It just wasn't um, like you. 
I mean, honestly, like you called me out like I was in an editing bay. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. This story's about you. <laughs> I know, but I just oh. think I think God uses his people to give you opportunities. And what you do with it is between you and God. You know what I mean? Like you, I was in an editing bay. I was very content as an editor. I liked watching people succeed because I was like, if I ever got the opportunity to do this, this is how I would do it. And I just liked absorbing it. Yeah, but like you said, I don't know how I got to be class president. I don't know how I got on air. Have you met yourself? Yeah, I mean, I don't you, know. This but. is who you are. Thank you. And I here, I'll tell you a story super quick. Okay. You, I knew you were a Florida grad, and yeah. I knew it would be good because yeah. you don't come out of there without really good experience. <laughs> yes. so they don't let you leave. It's really hard. Yeah, it's hard. Shark Tank, seriously, <laughs> yes. in a good way. Yeah. And, um, so they're like, oh, she's a Florida grad. I'm like, oh, well, she's going to be great. And they're like, oh, she's our editor. I'm like, huh? Yeah. And so I was like, well, did she go on the production track? Because there is a wonderful production track there. And they, our graduates are directors all over the world. And, you know, that's definitely, they said, oh, no, she's a news. I'm like, well, then why is she doing in the editing bay? Yeah, Nothing yeah. wrong with editing. That's a very important skill. Yeah. And I'd met you and we had talked. I'm like, you're not supposed to be in this, in this closed up room. Yeah. You're not supposed to be in there. Yes. You're supposed to be out here. You're supposed to be on the desk. Yep. And so... And I got pushed back for being a reporter. I mean, it's just... The thing is, is like God calls us to do hard things, but are we going to trust Him? You know? And at one point, somehow it switched in me where I thought I could do it in my own strength. You know? Mm-hmm. It didn't go into it with the intention of it being like that. But that's... I don't know. I guess it's just the world. It just... And the you, enemy. So you started <laughs> the broadcast in January of 2020. And how's yeah. it got? What do you like about doing it? What do I like? I like the friendships. Like, um, I've, I mean, you and I have stayed friends. You've done a baby shower for us, which was, <laughs> excuse me, you've done a baby shower for us, which was awesome <laughs> at the Pensacola Baby I Brewery. I was like, a baby shower at, at a, a bar? <laughs> at a brewery? But it was lovely. If you know where I'm from, I just want to call it a safe place. I know that sounds so weird for some people who are listening and some people who are in different cultures, but. I don't know. It's just like a watering hole to me. Yeah, it's like in England or the UK. They have the pubs, and that's where everybody gathers. Yeah, you know, I think that's very it universal. Real. Yeah, it gets real. I think that's ancient and universal. I love that. Um, so but yeah, you yes, like sorry. you like see you like uh, people physically come into your home, or do you do them on the phone most? So I do Zoom, and um, I like to do in person more. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, we're going through an issue with our internet, and we're like trying to decide, do we want to get a new box or do we want to get a new service? (laughs) Like, so in person, it's just so much more beautifully recorded. Yeah. And that's my goal is to create good content for the person listening. Really my goal though is because I was preparing for this interview and I was like kicking myself because I'm like, stop it. I love when people bring in their Jesus testimony not something that they've scripted. Like scripting is fine. Scripting is totally fine. Well, having some notes. Having some notes is totally fine. Which we probably could have used. <laughs> yeah. An outline. Yes. But you like hearing those stories. I like a testimony to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like what is your testimony to Jesus? And when someone is okay to share that, like let's go. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter a job title on this podcast. (laughs) Like if you love the Lord and you share your testimony to Jesus, people are going to share it with their friends. 
Now, have you had folks who were not Christians come on? Is that? Um, yes, by mistake. Um, but, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but I was misled. I thought okay. that this person was, and then I later found out that that was not the case. Okay. Um, so, so there have been hard parts too. Yeah. I mean, that has been hard because I know when someone's downloading it, they're trusting me to give them, um, content that's going to draw them closer to Christ. So it's a big responsibility. Um, but I do give that to God. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to carry this burden like God, like you brought them into my life for a reason. I'm just going to like say, I'm sorry that I didn't do enough research, but also, you know, you did rekindle that relationship and I am still able to connect with them. And if you want me to minister to them, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm not going to shut the door. Now, do you enjoy the editing parts? No. And the, yeah. That's not what, yeah, that's not what you were trained to do no. so much. So that's hard. My favorite part is when the person leaves here and they go and I can watch what God does in their life. It's like a springboard. Everybody who comes on here has had a springboard moment in their life where God has been like just getting all this content in their head and they're like, I'm going to share this on this podcast. And they don't even know how many downloads it gets. You know what I mean? They're just like, I'm just going to, and this is me preparing for this interview, by the way, like, God, you have this song in my brain and I'm going to share this song and it's going to make an impact and somebody's going to like it. But like really what happens is the person shares their testimony to Jesus and is like, oh yeah, it is that simple. Like, I am supposed to be salt and light. Like, I do surrender to you. Like, you do give me purpose. Like, you have given me an awesome life. I'm so thankful. People walk out of here grateful. And it changes the posture of their life. And, like, things start happening for them. What are some of those things? You don't, I mean, don't you don't have to use names or anything. But what yeah. are some of the things you, people like concrete information? Like, yeah. what have you seen happen for people? Surrender. I've seen surrender and like the flow of the Holy Spirit to happen in their lives Mm -hmm. where they start taking their calling more seriously. They start seeing their position as not just a job they've had for 20, 35 years. They start seeing it as a ministry. Have you thought about becoming, um, you know, going to ministry school or um, it's not called ministry school. What is it called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know the word for it either. I do know the word. And it's it completely school for the Bible? It's divinity school, right? <laughs> you know, or Bible, you know, it's divinity school or something like that. You know, every, every denomination calls it something different, but have you, you don't feel led to do that? I, if God calls me to keep doing this, I'm just going to like keep learning from this. this I know it sounds weird, but I love what I do in health insurance. Like I'm a Medicare specialist. So I work with people who are retiring or turning 65 or they just don't like their insurance when they are retired. Um, I love that season of life because to be honest, like that's something that my husband and I are always working towards is like retirement. And so I love that. And it's a family business. So there's so much purpose behind what we do Mm -hmm. just from the standpoint of this is what my mom does and has done and has done an excellent job. And also what my dad did. And he like did it out of such a good heart that I'm like, these, I don't, I mean, God can do anything like he can use anyone, but I do feel like my calling, not I, when I say calling, take it with a grain of salt, but I do feel like my purpose is to serve people here and, um, help people with Medicare, which sounds so weird, but like it God, is so opposite of what you started with. Yes, yeah. And did you have to be humbled to come back? Because it's probably your yes. family are like, "Do you want to do this?" You know, you could have started it right out of high school, college. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be on TV, right? And so now you're all the way back, like the prodigal son, exactly. 
did you have to um, crush, oh, that sounds boring or blah, blah? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I just thought it was boring. Like, just what you said. I just thought it was boring. But it took surrender Mm -hmm. to go into sales. Because I've heard this in several conferences and stuff. They say, you know, did you ever grow up wanting to work in sales? And nobody in the room is like, no. No. But... I got a work ethic in reporting that it's like, if I can apply this to people and service people in the way that I'm servicing the five o'clock news or the four o'clock news or turning two stories or going live or talking about hard things with people, like I can do this in sales. So the grind and the stamina and the way to connect with people that you had to do every day for years and years and years, you have now turned that into helping them with their future health. Exactly. And you have to love the people you're serving. Like Mm -hmm. I had to love this community to report well. I have to love my 65 year olds like well to serve them well. And that comes from knowing God and knowing the word of God, you know, knowing the fruits of the spirit and applying that to my job. So yeah, because I still get people. How's Ricky doing? I'm like, oh, she's doing great. She's selling Medicaid insurance, or is it Medicare? Medicare. Medicare Everybody Medicare. says that. You I'm know, sorry. I'm on Medicaid. I'm like, I don't. I'm sorry. Like, do you have Medicare? You know, Medicare um, insurance with her mother. She loves it. And I they're love like, it. They're like, what? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no. She loves it because you know you're you connect with people. Yes. Well, and I love the fact that if one of my kids are sick, I can be with them. And that's huge. Yes. Now, are you have you lived enough life yet? Because you're a lot younger than me that you can look back and say, "This season taught me that. This season taught me this." Can you can you do that yeah. yet? Yeah, I'm kind of asking God for the words in this. Um, let me see. Yes. Okay. So I am going to share something. And I have it's notes. Okay, not if you're not old enough yet. <laughs> well, there's just a an underlying message that God has given me so far. Um, and it's a scripture that I've gotten a lot of pushback for on this podcast. Like, I just want people to know if you're going to go in ministry, you're going to get pushback. And it, like my pastor says this too, but like, there's going to be a point when you have to realize, or you have to agree with God, if you're doing this for yourself, or you're doing this for his glory, like, are you working for human masters? Or are you working for God, like as your boss, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened on this podcast because, and I'm going to share this verse and I want to share with you actually how things have actually gone down in the podcast, like with downloads, but I want to, I want to share that for a reason. So John 3.30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And the root of that scripture that I've gotten pushback for is it, what it means is it's necessary for God to grow and for us to make less of ourself, our rank, our influence, like our title, that's what that scripture means. John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's a prayer we always pray on the podcast. But the reason why I wanted to share with you that idea about the failure is that, you know, there's still a ton of downloads. But what, in my opinion, for what this is, but there came a point after the pandemic where the podcast exploded. It was getting support from the host site that we have. And I mean, it was like the number one featured podcast for that application. Wow. Yeah, for like six months. And downloads were crazy. And um, I just felt God like, you need to take your picture off of this. Like you need, because I had my picture on it at, at one point. Like I changed how it looked 
to make it more like broadcast his love for the person listening to like focus on using your position to broadcast his love. And the pandemic kind of, I mean, ever we're still in a COVID season, but like the pandemic ended and I was not getting as many downloads. And I had to ask myself, like, are you doing this for you or for God? Because when you were getting two times the amount of downloads, you know. You were a lot more excited. Yeah, it was cool to see it. Yeah. I mean, every well, we, that's human. Everything's numbers, 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 especially in the business we were in. Yeah. It's all about the hits. It is. The clicks. It is. Yeah. But you had to take that. You had to take that out of the world. I did. not of the world. Exactly. You have to be. Yeah. So then I changed the game. I was like, okay, God, like when you stop bringing me guests, I will stop this podcast. And I'm not going to lie to you when we had this, like when I reached out to you about doing this, mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be our last episode. Really? <laughs> yes. When did, I, when did I just, you figure out it wasn't? All this, like I have, um, my sister-in-laws are so good about sending me guests. Um, my friends, you know, so good about sending me guests and people just started sending me guests. Okay. What kind of guests do you want? Anybody who loves the Lord, like anybody who loves Jesus and has a story. Everybody has a story, but I mean, you know, who's willing to be unashamed in their testimony for God, because there are so many people in powerful places that are not surrendered to God, and I don't want to hear from them. I really don't. You know, I've been church hurt. Like, Oh, it's the worst. I would rather hear from someone who could unashamedly come on this podcast and be like, I loved God when I had nothing, and I loved God when I had everything, and I'm here to tell you that He was with me through it. Like, that is what changes the world, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just... I hope that so. We're keeping sense. you're keeping going for now, Lord willing. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. got a ton of guests lined up right now, which I'm like, it's getting into my busy season. Like, God, you're going to provide the time, right? Like, yeah, He will. I mean, He has. He's always provided, and the. I mean, we've got five more weeks of guests already in the calendar. Oh wow! Okay, so anybody listening, maybe they're a new Christian, a baby Christian, yeah. rededicating Christian. When you say God told me this, how do you know? How do Such you a good know question. that it's from God and not just what you want and your will? Because I always struggle with that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, God told me I need this chocolate cake. You know, I mean, exactly. jokingly. But sometimes, you know, delighting in the Lord is a nice cup of coffee. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, Amen. or a piece of chocolate cake. Like, <laughs> it's the you. little things in life. But it I mean, is. how do you know? Because you've had, how have you built that discernment? I, I've learned to test it. Um, there's a scripture, and I hope... I printed it out. I know I have a friend whose name's um, Beth Harris. And every time I think of a scripture and I say a couple words of it, she's always like, this is it. (laughs) You know? Okay. Like, I just love that. I want to be like that. But um, I'm just going to read this scripture. It, It... It's in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 4. It says, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, if he says, Let us go after other gods which you have known and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk 
after the Lord your God and fear him, keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And the only reason why I read that whole thing in a big chunk, like I didn't know why God wanted me to read that, but now I know we get a lot of content as believers we get a lot. And I i mean, even this podcast is something else that's just like talking to someone. Um, you've got to test it. God, it could be testing you. Like this verse says, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And the next verse says, like, you shall walk after the Lord. Like when, and I heard this from Pastor Randy Smith, and there's just so much about him that I could say, but I, he said that as a Christian, you have to learn to walk just like a baby learns to walk. You have to learn to walk. Oh, yeah. It's hard. And living a Christian life is impossible. Yes. It is. Imp- my own former pastor would say that all the time. It's not just hard. It's it's impossible. Without the help of God. Right. Like, there are so many times. Because we're human, so we can't possibly. We can't do it without him. No. I he would enough. say that almost every Sunday. And yeah. I finally got it. Yeah. And so you are going to fall short. How right. do you test? How do you test? How do you, take you it? personally test? Well, you take it to the word of God because okay. like even with as- With scripture. With scripture. Even okay. as you and I are talking about this right now, somebody like, I just feel the spirit of like somebody's angry. Like I just said that I am not enough. Jesus is enough. And when my internet goes out and I need help from God to like <laughs> give me an idea to restore that internet so like we can do the thing that needs to get done, like- I need God's help. And he reminds me daily of that. So like, even if it's the internet that goes out, like I know, I'm like, God, are you testing me? Are you testing me? We know that the enemy is lurking. Like the enemy is on our tail, but God is stronger. He is faithful. He will never fail you. And so I'm, I've like constantly praying for like God's army angels to protect me, for me to have his wisdom and to understand like, is this from you? And The thing about it is like there are dreamers out there. There are people who want to do and see and go and have experiences and make money even, you know, like to do cool things. But my challenge to the dreamers is, is to die to yourselves, pick up your cross and follow Jesus and see where he takes you. Because his word tells us that he'll do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, hope or imagine. Like I will sign up for that rather than walking in my own flesh and lose everything and lose my family and lose my marriage and lose my kids and lose my life for what? For a job title and money in the bank? Like, no, I'll do it with God and get all that too because he rewards those who serve him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. He does. And I believe it. I do believe it. And ever since I've started this, doing this podcast, I've been getting crushed and God has been humbling me and he has been showing me his way and that his way is successful. Now, how do you want your listeners? um, You do so much for a lot and you pour yourself into so many people. How do you want your listeners to pray for you in this moment? What do you need right now? Just like that, the testimonies keep coming because the, the, the Jesus testimonies, um, but beca- what about you as Ricky personally? Not oh, just oh, that. Oh, okay. Sorry. How can we pour into you? Because the better you are, the stronger you are. Yes. The better your broadcast okay. or y'all's, y'all's, you and God's broadcast is going <laughs> to <No>. be. <laughs> yes, he is totally leading it. Like I fully surrender th- to that. Yeah, I just pray for the protection of my family. Um, you know, this year has been a terrible 
year for us. Um, we Have lost my dad. Have you talked about that much? Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Um, and for the sake of my family, I don't feel comfortable sharing like all the details of, of it. Of course. But people where I'm from know. They know. And, and that is treasured to me that they know. Mm-hmm. Because... The enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so at my dad's funeral, my dad wanted me to talk. And I was like, I'm going to talk about his best friend that he loved dearly, who I just like love so much because we've lost way too many of my dad's friends as well for other reasons that were not in their control. Um, But I I was like in my brain, I'm like, dad, if you're going to give me this position, like you knew I was going to bring it back to God. And so that's what I did. I just like publicly declared that if we are going to believe in Jesus, we have to believe what he says and that I know I'm going to see my dad again because he was saved and he believed in Jesus. And we did pray for God to create in him a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within him like hours before he passed. And so what I want prayer for is for my family, like just for my family, because we are hurting we are mourning. Mm-hmm. We will continue to mourn. I b- truly believe I will be 90 years old and I will still be missing my dad like I am right now. Yeah. And like, grief is love with nowhere to go. It is. But you can take that grief and love and go to your other father. Yeah. And I'm sure that has helped. For sure. Yeah. I mean, dads are so important. Like, dads on this earth are so important and you had a very special relationship with your daddy yeah he was a great dad but it just also encourages me to like encourage the men as well and I'm not going to be speaking on a Sunday like that's not going to be me I'm not going to be encouraging men to go out and be men but I am going to tell you from a daughter who's lost their father of like my dad was a good dad yeah and the value of a good man is so huge And he was so supportive and so encouraging. My thing is for this next generation coming up is that the world's going to try to eat you up. And I don't know if they know they're at war. I'm not talking about like a war that's um, of the flesh, like a country after a country. I'm talking about like a war of the spirit. Like this world wants to eat you up. And like, are you going to, look to God or look to the world because the world's going to fail you. The world's going to take you to the job in Columbus. That's not going to fill you. <laughs> you not. know, uh, I, I was saying to my friend this morning who is, is a, is um, a Christian. Yeah. Um, but she's struggling, you know, right now yes. I said, don't miss Christ for the Christians. Cause we will fail you every single every time. time. And church every hurt time. is bad. Church hurt is the worst. It's the worst. it's bad it's i've seen it hurt my family my my extended family my immediate family it's it's bad so bypass us christians and go straight to christ exactly (laughs) because he's gotcha it's true well and my pastor was actually talking about it this weekend is he's like christians are the worst like when they hurt because they have this like self-empowerment and it's like no, that's the Holy Spirit. And that should be a humble spirit. Like we should be seeking Jesus, fixing our eyes on him and like really being careful about that. But there's just this power that we get as believers that if we don't humble ourselves, 
pick up our cross and follow him, we're going to spit out the world, you know, because we've all been hurt. Like we're, we're going to have tribulation. So I don't know. I feel like I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> like God is good. His love endures forever. And you called me out of the editing room to like be a broadcaster like you did and to do really hard things and like you did that and I truly believe that you were obeying God in that moment and thank you for that oh my goodness see I felt later but I felt bad going maybe she wants to be an editor there's nothing wrong with being an editor you know but I just saw a talent and a spark in you that was not that and I knew the world needed to see you. I don't think in that moment I was even thinking, you know, on a religious level. I was just like, you have a sparkle that few people do. Thank you. And you and the way you're sharing it now is so effective. And it it looks and feels effortless, but I know you actually put a lot of work into it. Well, and, and thoughtful prayer. Like, honestly, I know this is going to sound really weird, but like hearing, having this conversation with you. Like, and you listening to me in this moment, like, I don't even care if it's recorded. Like, you came into my life at such a moment that I didn't know I needed you. And I did. And as a mom, and, you know, you have been there with me. And I so appreciate you. And um, I did not mean to cry, but I don't even care if this is recorded. Because what this has done in my heart is... You can't put a price tag on it. No. And you are a light. Thank you. You are. Okay. Do we need to pray? I don't know. What about your, <laughs> is there another piece of scripture that you want to share with people? Um, That God is never going to fail you. He's not. Like if you're in prison, like that's what my heart is, is for the person who's like, who did get drunk last night or the person who did really screw up Yeah, and thinks that they're unlovable, like. The Lord is your shepherd. And um, recently he's been like showing me like he will make me lie down in green pastures. Like he will force me to lay down. So like, thank you for that rest. But um, that is the last scripture I guess I would share is that was shared at my dad's funeral. Um, And it's just, and he called it the palms. Like my dad didn't know the Bible that well. (laughs) The palms is what he said, but (laughs) the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And like, he will comfort you if you're willing to receive it. You know, it's just like sometimes in this culture, I feel like we're always wanting God to answer us right now when he is right now. If we open up our hands and open up our hearts and receive all that God has for us, you know, so I like do not cry out barely ever. Like people who talk to me about my dad, I don't cry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just left my dad. He was a good guy. Like, I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> I miss him, but like, yeah, he was a good guy. So. Yeah, but I think you were at peace with y'all's relationship. Yeah. And you knew that where he's where he's I'm gonna going, see him again. you're going to see him again. Uh-huh. And I don't even think he's going to miss me because it says in the Bible that <laughs> one day is like a thousand years or something like that in heaven. So I don't, I think he's with his best buddies mm-hmm. and I don't, I truly in my heart when I get there, he'll be like, Hey, you know, Oh, there you are in my heart of hearts. 
And you know who else feels that way is my grandmother, which is his mom. And that is beautiful. She's taught me a lot about God's will. And I know we're wrapping up. I just want to say like, I talk a lot about God's will and like, even if hard things happen, it's God's will. But like, that is how I process my dad passing because it was God's will and his body could not be on this earth any longer. And God saved my dad, you know? So, um, and that is what my grandmother taught me. So that's all I want to say. I feel like I've word vomited like the whole time. <laughs> well, I, nobody's going to listen. Well, I feel like God is laying on my heart. You gave me a manuscript for a book you've written. Oh yeah, that that and I think you're dismissing it. I want you to work on the next step with that. It's good. Thanks. I just don't know what God wants it to be. Well, just pray about it. <laughs> His timing is perfect. It's called Broadcast is Love too. It is. Yeah, it is. And I'm like I See, wrote I'm, it. I'm trying to empire build for you and you, you are listening to God. <laughs> I'm well, like, yes. okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Or all synergy. But do you see, and I do believe that God puts that in people of like seeing gifts in them and like calling them out. Like, I just see this in you because it's our responsibility to take that to God. You know, like you call that out of me. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine, for saying that. Now I'm going to go pray about it. Yeah, you please know? do. I'm and and it may it. not be the right thing. It may be my ambition for you. Yeah. But, but you let me read that book and I was very, very honored and I loved it. I Thanks. couldn't quit reading it. Well, it's about, and golly, I'm so sorry we're talking so much. Do you want me just to like briefly and then we'll wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. It's about, it's really, it's my story through broadcasting, but I did change a lot of it to reflect some people that I met through the industry who had experiences. And I would like to do that a little bit more. Um, but I wrote it for someone who's in middle school or high school. And my heart behind it is for the person who wants to be a YouTube star. Like it sounds so weird, but like everybody wants to be a broadcaster. And I'm like, let's just create this character that really does want to be famous and really does want to have their name in lights and how God was able to turn it for good, how he was able to crush them, you know, bring them up, and then teach them his way. And what it does, in my opinion, of broadcast is love is that it teaches in the story that no matter your position, you were called to be a broadcaster. You're called to shine his light. Not your own light, not how you feel, because I would love to tell everyone how I feel about certain things. But that is not what God calls us to. And that is the point of the book. But God is still crushing me through that process. So thank you, I receive it. But the book... And the message is more timely than ever. But it, you know, just... Thank you. Yes. So maybe the next time we do this, we're talking about your book. Maybe. Like, that's the thing, though, is like, I've so <laughs> given that to God. So... Okay. It's, You're at peace with that. I'm at peace with it. Okay. Because he is crushing me. I mean, he really is crushing me to write. And I am writing. I just, I really don't know what to do next. But... Um, He'll let you know. Yeah. And it's okay to have periods of rest and not oh knowing, gosh, yes. you know, and you have, I don't know if you talk about this a lot, but you have two small children yeah. that are active, busy little boys. Yeah. You work full time. Yes. I love it. And you do this podcast. Yeah. There's a lot. So There's like, a lot going on. As the Lord wills, I'll yeah. write a book. And you have to be gentle with yourself too. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Like as the Lord wills, my friends also want to write books. And like, I want to see that for them as well. And why, like how... God could call all of us to write a book, you know? And it's like, are we going to write that book about us? Are we going to write it about God and like what he's done for us? And so again, I'm just praying for like Jesus testimonies. That's it. Okay. And that's what I want the book to be like. 
even if it's some fictional character or nonfiction, however you say it, like made up character. I don't know. I just want it to be a testimony because I know that the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, I'm like, who do I know in Christian publishing? Um, the Lifeway Publishing Company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm I like, know. my wheels are turning, but you are at peace with where you are in the process. So I'm going to let that, I'm going to let that be. I'm not good at that. So no, thank you. I love you. I love you too. All right. So we wrap it up with a prayer. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to pray? You want me to pray? I'll pray. Okay. All right. And we'll just, it's just going to be a simple prayer because I've learned like it's just a conversation with God. So, Father, thank you so much for this time with Catherine. I don't even know if it's recorded. I'm just like trusting you. Like in these interviews, I never know what to ask. I'm just trusting you. And I know that you will defeat the enemy and you need us to share our testimony. You need us to step up as leaders that you have called to shine your light and nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but like truly in humility. And so I just pray that for whoever's listening, that they feel called and they know that their calling is their identity and that their identity is in you as children of God. And that that prayer is for the the person who is a Christian, but also for the the person who is not a believer to find you and to seek you with your, to seek you with their whole heart and to find you in your word. Because when you go to the word of God, a fire, like you just put a fire in us that you can't explain because it's the truth. It's your truth. And your word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I believe that for the person listening that they're looking for hope and they're going to find it in your word. I know that you'll do it for them. And just wrap this up. I just love this conversation. Jesus, decrease us and increase you. And I pray for Catherine and her family. Lord, bless them. Make your face shine upon them. Give them peace. Just Yes, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs>